Everybody, what's going on? Hope you're all having the best Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever the hell you're listening to this, really. Just hope you're having the best day in the world. Um, there was an interesting topic that was brought up on Instagram stories. And this is why I say if you listen to the podcast, you have to follow me on Instagram because that's where I post a lot of my what should I do next? And people voice their opinions and then I chuck that up. And if it gets a lot of interest, then that's what we talk about. Um, one of the things which I believe this is just going to be like an ongoing series because otherwise it would go for fucking years. Um, I'm looking at it at the moment. It says, what should my next podcast topic be? Training and nutrition phases, intensity versus deloads. I'm not sure what that means, but maintenance versus cutting and all the wires around it all. So the first thing that I'm going to start with, particularly because a lot of people struggle with this in my eyes anyway, with the training and nutrition around when to deload. And for those of you who don't know what a deload is, it's essentially like taking a mini break. It's giving your mind and body a chance to actually rest, recover, so that you're not constantly in a calorie deficit while pumping out hit sessions or all these strength sessions and absolutely dying. Um, this is going to be for general population. If you're a bodybuilder, this probably won't mean a hell of a lot because if you're dying, but you have a competition in two weeks, you're probably going to keep pushing. Uh, so this is mainly going to be for people that are attempting to lose weight and constantly caught in the, obviously the yo-yo cycle of everything, but mainly the low calorie, high intensity workouts. Um, that could be for strength. It could be for hit. It could be for anything as if you're working out and it's taxing on you physically, which a workout should be regardless of what name it has, then this is probably going to be for you. So the first thing, how let's go when to deload. Let's start off with when to deload. I feel like that would be a good one. So when to deload or give yourself a bit of a rest or anything like that. And this is going to be a pain in the ass because I probably, probably should be a lot more prepared for when I start a podcast and I have no notes on this whatsoever. Uh, so if you hear me go, Ooh, and then quickly write something down, I've just brought word up on my laptop in front of me so that I can figure out what the fuck I'm going to say. But otherwise this is straight off the top. So if I say something incorrect or you're like, what the hell does that mean? Message me and we can figure it out together. But otherwise, um, when to deload. I'm going to write that down just so I can actually remember what the fuck I'm talking about. When to deload. Righto. So at the moment, I'm just going to assume everybody is either calorie tracking and working out or just working out or watching what they eat or whatever. Either way, you are working out, watching what you're eating. You're attempting to lose weight. Awesome. Good for you. Taking control of your health. Awesome. Keep it up. Some coaches like to do some coaches like to structure a deload, like week one through eight, we're going to build strength. And then week nine, 10, 11, 12, we're going to deload and then essentially restart and go through everything there. Some coaches like to structure it that way. I personally don't. I like to go off the individual, their energy levels, mood, sleep, everything like that. Essentially, this is why I tell all of my clients to give me context around the numbers, because obviously if you're losing weight, but you feel like shit, then there's no point. That's typically where I will chuck a deload in. But let's say you don't have that coach. When do you deload? And then we'll also get to like the how and everything as well. How to deload. There we go. Cause I'm a fucking scholar when it comes to public speaking, apparently, um, and being organized, look at me go. So when's the deload? Let's say you don't have a coach that when you check in every week, he just goes or she or them or they or whatever the fuck they go. Okay, cool. 
this and this and this is happening in this way, you seem to be more tired and lethargic, I'm going to up your calories and down your training. If you don't have that coach to do that, essentially that's how you deload, but I'll go into more detail. When to deload. If you have been in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time and you've noticed that you're starting to become agitated at things, you're starting to have a little bit more mood swings, you're starting to become agitated, you're not sleeping as well, um, you may find that your strength is deteriorating or that, like when you get under the bar or lift a heavy weight or leg press, whatever, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And you get so frustrated with everything that is happening because you're either hitting a plateau and the workouts are, the workout quality is deteriorating. Not only that, but then your mental capacity is also deteriorating along with it. You're not sleeping as well, mood swings, agitated, as I said before. Um, and then from there, it's just going to be about making yourself aware of that. And as I say all the time, fitness or well, health and fitness really is going to be a two step forward, one step back sort of approach. And this is why I like doing things in a conservative manner and a sustainable weight loss, as opposed to let's lose five kilos in three weeks, then have a deload or, you know, something stupid like that. So do your normal deficits, do your normal workouts. When you notice, usually about week, depends how aggressive you go with it, of course, because you could need a deload after fucking six weeks if you're on 1200 calories and burning 1200 calories during a day, severely underfeeding yourself. Uh, but let's just pretend that you're in a normal deficit, roughly 3,500 calories per week. Um, off the back of that, I've noticed that I've started, this is completely, completely off topic. I've noticed that I've started to go when I start sentences. And now that I've said it, I'm going to be so aware of it. And so are you. And it pisses me right off. Cause I'm like, well, uh, actually what's really going to happen. And it reminds me of my fourth grade teacher and he was old as balls theoretically not so old looking back at it. He was probably just a normal adult, but all adults for me when I was a kid were a hundred years old. So anyway, um, anywho, back, <laughs> back on track. That's where my mind goes. If you are in a calorie deficit, you're attempting to lose weight, you're working out, you're doing all that fun stuff. And the over time, let's just say eight weeks in, you notice that you're not sleeping as well. First thing to go is why am I not sleeping well? And everything is to when to do a deload or why to do a deload or like saying, yes, this is me going to do a deload is to be like, why? And question everything that's going on. Because theoretically I have some clients that I'm like, oh, I should probably give them a deload. But then I say, give me one more week of consistencies, get back with like your night routine and this and that and all this other stuff. And they go, oh yeah, I'm all good. I'm sweet. And I'm like, okay, cool. So it's more important to figure out the why behind the symptom. I suppose. And the symptom is not sleeping as well or not performing as well or not recovering as well or always, not always, but frequently having mood swings or always agitated. Ask yourself why. Why is all this stuff happening? Why am I not sleeping well? Because if you've got essentially like 15, 20, 30 symptoms that are going to tell a coach or yourself when you get that educated of, I should do a deload. If it's only one box of like, man, I'm not sleeping well, oh, I'm going to deload, then that could be causing more harm than good. So if your sleep is starting to become really shitty, I'm just going to use that as the example. If you're eight weeks in calorie deficit, working out all that stuff, this is all going to be implied that you're working out in a deficit. If you manage to do that and you notice that your sleep is going to shit, 
Ask yourself why. Could it be because lately you've been spending too much time on your phone? So when you wake up, you feel sort of groggy. Uh, could it be the fact that you've decided out of nowhere to not eat after 5pm? So there's not as much carbs developing into melatonin, which means you're not as relaxed before you go to bed, which means you go to bed somewhat agitated, which could potentially mean that your anxiety is taking over before you go to bed, so you're not sleeping as well there. These are all hypotheticals as well. And you just need to figure out what's going on. Why am I not sleeping well? If you tick all the boxes of yes, 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 I'm still doing the exact same stuff. This is still going on. There's no extra stress at work. Uh, everything is going pretty good and is roughly the same as where you started week one to week eight. It's time to consider a deload. Then once you go, I'm thinking of doing a deload or a diet break or whatever you want to call it, or just a relaxing phase or a fucking holiday. I don't know. Um, start to look at the other things that could be coming, such as mood, sleep, um, well, I've already said sleep, mood, agitation, energy levels, um, everything like that. Even your NEAT, like non-exercise activity thermogenesis, just how much you are passively active, walking further to the shops or fidgeting at the desk or just out of nowhere at 1pm having a lot of energy. If you notice all that stuff has gone and you're like, man, I'm fucking, I'm out of it. I got brain fog and it's not even 11. I could really use food right now. I just fucked up my hair for on camera because everyone loves it. Um, then, you know, it could be time to consider that deload because not only are you not sleeping well now, now you're also, well, I plug in my laptop. Now that you're not sleeping well, you've gone, well, let's take a look at the other areas of my life where I could be potentially impacting those with my working outs and with my working outs, with, <laughs> with my workouts and my diet. And then you start to go, okay, I am a little bit more agitated. I am a little bit this, I am a little bit that I'm not recovering as well. And the workouts have been pretty heavy. That's typically where I'll say, do a deload. Um, there are also a few other areas where you could potentially deload. For example, um, how do I say it? I've got a client who's been with me for five weeks. We started at a rough maintenance phase and she wasn't losing weight. And the thing that I did was for two weeks, she wasn't losing weight and she was frustrated with that. And I didn't do anything with her nutrition. I kept her workouts going, like just build strength, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. I'm not going to change your nutrition because, you know, I don't want to down her nutrition because she was incredibly stressed with work, taking on a new role, taking on new responsibilities, new hours, new scheduling, new whatever. That amount of external stress on her for essentially working an extra however many hours it is, being stressed at work and essentially an entire routine change for her, I didn't want her to stress about oh my God, I'm so hungry, I'm this, I'm that, because realistically the stress from work is going to be telling her that she is wired like way up here. So I didn't want to have that as another thing that could be stressing her out and then causing her to need to deload sooner rather than later. So I left her in a maintenance phase, which could be, you know, which is what you do when you go into a deload. More on that to come. But, ooh, a burp. So that, <laughs> excuse me. So that was one of the things that we did for her in terms of there was no weight loss, but the amount of extra stress that she had, it wouldn't have made sense to put her into a deficit. I had her at a rough maintenance phase while she still went to the gym, worked out, lifted heavy shit and focused on her mental health. 
Then the work backed off a little bit. She felt okay with like, oh, my hours are getting cut down now that I know what I'm doing. And I was like, sweet. Now that that stress is lifted, now I'm going to put you into a deficit. And she lost a kilo that week. So, which was more than I thought. I had her calculated to lose about 500 grams, but came out to a kilo. So she must have just had all that extra energy and moving around, walking and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Or I fucked up the numbers. Either way, can't complain about a kilo. But I will be keeping an eye on that to make sure that it's not happening too quickly. Um, so it's not about losing weight. I say it all the time, but it is not about losing weight for me. I had a message from a client this morning. She's absolutely fucking killed it. You can see that on my Instagram story. I'm probably going to make a post about it because it was just the fucking best of weight loss will happen in the background while you take care of the bigger picture shit. Meaning if you're not happy in your life, losing weight is going to do next to fuck all for it. So instead of being like, I want to lose weight because I want to be happy. It's not going to do much. It is honestly going to do next to fuck all. If you are unhappy at 100 kilos, I can almost guarantee you you're going to be unhappy at 80 kilos because you have no idea who you are as a person, what you do, what roles you play, uh, liking your job. You're not waking up in the morning being like, let's go fucking get it or anything like that. Working out in gym and losing weight can be an amazing distraction from whatever it is that is going on in your life. And if you need that distraction, I 100% appreciate that. However... Losing weight is not going to be the answer for happiness or joy or anything like that. It can bring you temporary joy and everything like, um, I'm feeling a bit better, clothes are fitting, and all these things are going to be amazing for you to get into that place and help you be a lot more confident and help you display who you are as a person and who you want to be. But if you're not addressing the habits, behaviors, lifestyle, thought patterns, and absolutely everything that you do and your reactions to certain things that trigger you and everything like that, all the behind the scenes stuff. Because your body can be a certain way, but if your mind doesn't register that that is the dream body and the lifestyle that I have been trying to achieve, I'm currently living it, then you will always be trying to achieve something that isn't going to bring you joy. So when you start focusing on a lot of shit that doesn't bring you joy and you're waiting for external motivators or extrinsic motivators to sort of be like, I've achieved 60 kilos, now I'm happy. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be an amazing achievement, don't get me wrong but it's going to last for about a week. And then you're going to be like, fuck, I got to maintain this. I thought I'd just hit it and it'd be good. If you work that hard to achieve something, congratulations, fucking power to you. But if you don't know how to sustain it, if you don't know how to maintain it, if you're not happy with how you got there and living the lifestyle of how you got there, you are most likely going to go back. I don't say this to derail anybody, but I just say it because that's where I get a lot of my clients and I wish I didn't get my clients that way. I wish it would just be like, Hey Trav, I'm ready to completely change my life because I know that you know your shit. Let's go. As opposed to, Hey Trav, I've tried every diet under the sun, every workout under the sun, heaps of coaches, heaps of people. I'm stuck. I don't know where to go. I'm completely and it's ruined me. Honestly, that's where I get a lot of my clients down, defeated, tried everything. There's no other options. Then they come to me and that's where I go what's going on. And then we touch on the stuff mentally to get through everything. I know this is a little bit of tangent from deloads, but I just want to paint the picture of it's not about losing weight. It is about taking care of your mental health and your sanity. And that is where you'll know when to deload because deloads are a hundred percent. I'm going to say mandatory or necessary. Let's say necessary. Deloads are 100% necessary in order for you to get to where you want to be, particularly if you are wanting to lose 
10, 20, 30, 40, 50 kilos, whatever it is. 10 kilos, maybe not so much. However, you will need to learn to reverse diet, which is gonna be another podcast on top of this. Deloading is one of the most mentally taxing things that people can do, particularly when it comes to weight loss, because they're so used to seeing the scales go down, 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 maybe maintaining a bit, but then continuing to go down. The deload phase is like you saying, cool, I'm gonna stop losing weight because it's gonna be good for me. And a lot of people don't know how to do that mentally. They're just sort of like, cool, I'll deload. And then they'll go to the gym the next week, be like, nah, I don't need to deload. And then they'll just keep smashing their bodies with weights and then be like, oh no, I shouldn't have that chocolate. I shouldn't have this, I shouldn't have that. So then the deload isn't a deload. It's just an incredibly (laughs) anxious diet of saying, I should be deloading, but I'm not going to. And then that's where people hit a wall. So when it comes to deloading or when you've decided that it is time to take a deload, take a diet break, do whatever, be there in that moment. You know that you have decided to have a deload because it's the best thing that you can do in order to push yourself forward physically and mentally and emotionally and every other reason that you are working out for. The thing that is going to be the pain in the ass is actually going through the deload doing like two sets of something and decreasing the weight or just going through the motions and then having the increased calories is going to be awesome. But particularly if you've been dieting for a long time, it's going to be a mental barrier to be like, I can eat this much food. Oh my God. So I just wanted to paint that picture with that context that is now given. So suck it. You got context. Um, and this is why I like podcasting because there's no one in the fucking comment section being like, you didn't provide context for this. Yeah. Like TikTok. Um, I'm aware I didn't provide context because I have 60 seconds and 140 characters, you fucking peasant. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) oh boy, that's going to get some people mad. Uh, all right. So when to deload, we have covered that essentially when you start to feel like shit is the short answer. The incredibly simplistic short answer is when you begin to feel like shit physically and mentally. So congratulations. You have unlocked the side quest of when to deload. You have finished it. Uh, now we move on to how to deload. So you've decided to deload. You're like, yep, I feel like shit. I'm not sleeping well, blah, blah, blah. Everything that I just said, how do you execute that? What I like to do, depending on the person, the individual, everything, of course, this is going to be generalistic advice. What I like to do Maintain the weight you are lifting, maintain your routine, keep doing everything that you are doing. But if you're doing three sets, four sets, maybe even five sets or something, I like to bring the sets down to about two. So for example, for a lot of my clients, if they if they see like two sets of bench press, two sets of seated row, two sets of lat pull down, two sets of blah, 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 they're pretty much certain to be like, okay, Travis, put me in a deload. I'm most likely tell them beforehand and be like, Hey, you've got a deload coming up. Congratulations. You get more food. But I like to maintain the weight that you are lifting, but just do less of it. So you're still decreasing the volume. The short, simplistic answer for this one of how to deload is decrease your training volume, increase your calories. That is the super short in like simplistic version. How to do it is up to you. I just prefer to do two sets, maintain the weight that you're lifting, unless it was like an RPE nine, or I should say like a max effort lift or anything like that. You don't want to be going for a max effort on a deload. I like to bring my heavy compound lifts down by about probably, 
you know, depends on what weight you're lifting. If I've got someone squatting 200 kilos, squatting 190 isn't going to feel exactly like a deload. Um, but if they're on leg press at 55 kilos, bringing it down to 45, you're going to notice a difference a fair bit. Uh, however, depends on the exercise and the movement and everything like that. Let's just say you're doing three sets of 10 of everything. I would most likely bring everything down to about two sets of 10 of everything and maintain the weight that you are currently lifting unless you have a heavy compound lift or anything that is just max effort or close to max effort. In which case I would bring down the weight just a smidge so that it's still heavy, but not like, oh my God, my eyeballs are going to pop out of my fucking ears. Heavy. First off, if you're lifting that heavy, congratulations, we'll get there. Uh, but eyeballs popping out of your ears, probably not ideal. So decrease the weight, decrease the overall training volume that you're doing. If you want to, if you're working out five days a week, you could even just do four days a week, but still three sets of whatever. The important thing is that you go, for example, actually, let's bring up a client's program, someone at complete random. Um, can't use that person there. <laughs> They're currently in a deload. So that wouldn't make sense. Let's pick someone who's been working out with me for a smidge. You know what? Let's pick this person. And I'm sorry if this person is listening to my podcast because I know that they listen to my podcast and you're going to be like, Hey, that's my weight. <laughs> um, sweet. So this person works out five days a week, female works out five days a week. And for example, she has tomorrow. I'm just going to do the last four days. Cause it's going to be simple tomorrow. She has leg press, uh, three by eight at essentially 120 kilos deadlift three by eight, 65 kilos hip thrust three by 10, 80 kilos lying leg curl two by eight, 32 kilos. And she's just come out of a deload as well. So some sets will still be two, not to say you can't do two in a normal set, but anyway, uh, dumbbell reverse lunge three by eight at 10 kilos, dumbbell lateral raise two by 10 at four kilos. When she's further into her program, they will most likely all be three sets. The leg press, deadlift, hip thrust, probably deadlift, hip thrust will end up being four sets because I like doing heavy compounds, spending as much time on them as possible. If I were to deload this lady, I would, where is it? And she hasn't done her RPEs, but let's just say, oh no, I've got the week before. Ha ha. Um, yeah. So these are relatively easy for, for her. These weights are somewhat easy. They're a little bit challenging, but she could definitely lift heavier. So if I were to deload her, for example, she came in and she was like, oh, my biceps hurt or chest hurt or back hurts or legs hurt or whatever. And she was like, there's so much stress going on at home. There's this, there's that, there's everything. And getting to the gym is a bit of a chore. Sweet. Let's deload. I would most likely bring everything on that list down to two sets. If she was hundred percent dying on the leg press from 120 kilos, I'd probably bring it down to about hundred if her performance was feeling terrible and hip thrust, uh, instead of going like three by 10 at 80 kilos, I'd probably go two by 10 at 60 kilos. Depends on the person. And you know, your body better than me at the moment, because obviously I have no idea who I'm fucking talking to. Uh, but it's about figuring out what you're going to be okay with in the gym. If you were to take it away or minimize it essentially. I would bring everything down to two sets, maintain the weight that you're lifting. And then if it is like a max effort, just lower the weight a little bit, do that for a solid week. And then the next week, depending on if anything changes, add in or put the weight back up, keep your two sets, put the weight back up, and then just slowly, very slowly start to build from there. 
maybe two weeks from now, you chuck in three sets of deadlifts or the week after that, then it's back up to three sets of hip thrusts with the three sets of deadlifts. Who knows? It's going to be about essentially going, okay, cool. Let's start you off at a very low level of volume of workout intensity. And then we're going to build on it. And as you have that low level of intensity or low volume of exercise, that's where it's going to be put them in a caloric maintenance phase. For example, if you burn, if you're on 1500 calories a day and that's your deficit, but you know that you can eat about 1900, 2000 calories without putting on weight, I would probably put you on 1900 calories and say, here you go. Here's some extra calories. Do that. Lift this much, do this, do that. And you'd sit on that for about two to four weeks. Most of my clients essentially just, I hate taking people through here is a shred phase. Here is a deload. Now we're back into heavy lifting and the numbers just jump all over the fucking place. I very much like surfing the numbers. It's all calm. It's all smooth. It's all gradually going up and gradually coming down unless it's like, Trev, I'm fucking dying. It's like, do less at the gym then. Then I'll, <laughs> then I'll cut numbers down. Like just boom. Um, <laughs> um, particularly when I enter a deload, then it's like, Ooh, then I'm going to start you know, from two sets of whatever. Uh, but then building from there, I pretty much build them from the next week, unless they still 100% feel shitty. Then I just start adding in another rep here, uh, an extra weight here, like upping the weight here, maybe an extra set, and then just start building from there as the person starts to feel better on the high amount of calories. Because the calories are going to be the most important thing for the deload. You know, you can take weight off your training session, but if you're still eating relatively low calories, it's not going to do too much in terms of rest and recovery and repairing all of your processes in the body and making sure that you don't feel like shit because you're still going to feel restricted. It's not going to be a high amount of calories. It's not going to be a massive difference for your body to be like, okay, we're getting back to normal. Um, and it's going to take longer for you to essentially recover. So, um, what is that? That's the... That's essentially how to deload, but the nutrition for the deload is the most important thing. Please do not forget, you need to be eating to build your body as opposed to eating to lose weight. It's just one of the things that I like doing. Yes, you'll be in a deficit to lose weight and the intention is 100% to lose weight, but you should also be eating to build a body because if you keep losing weight, what's going to happen? You'll just be skin and bones and that's not ideal. Instead, if you eat consistently to build a body, build the performance at the gym, build the strength, build the muscle and everything like that. When the, and this is why I do conservative deficits because it allows for some sort of stimulus to happen at the body for muscle development. Um, or at least you not feel like shit for, you know, six weeks in and be like, man, I can't wait for this to be over. Doing that is going to be super important for sustainability. But then it's also going to be like, if you do lose weight and the intention is to lose weight, at least when you start losing weight, you'll start noticing muscle definition as opposed to losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. And then you haven't done anything to build muscle. So you're like, yay, the scales are 70 kilos, but I still look like the same body type, just less. <laughs> I look less of the body type that I was before, but I'm still the exact same as opposed to people coming on board. And then typically by the time they finish three, six, nine, 12 months of coaching with me, they go, holy fuck, my body shape has completely changed. I have an ass now. I can see my hamstrings. I've got a glute fold. I've got awesome quads. I can turn my leg like this and I can see quads. 
I can flex my arms, look at my arms, look at my shoulders, look at my back. And people are starting to take pride in their body because they've developed muscle, because they've developed strength, because they've taken the time to learn the foundations of what it takes to go through a body composition change and then also lose weight sustainably. That's why people like The Rock eat fucking 10,000 calories a day because they're fucking shredded. But if you were to do that, focus on muscle, build all that stuff, at the end of six months of losing, let's say 15 kilos, if you lost 15 kilos in six months, which is beyond achievable, imagine how the body composition would be or what your body type would look like if you came on board for six months and we focused on building strength, building muscle, and changing your body type as opposed to, I just want to lose weight. Think of all the extra food that you would get to eat at the end of that six months because of the amount of muscle that you now have. It's not going to go from like, you know, your maintenance phase was 1600 calories up to like 3000, um, unless you're already incredibly lean at like 60 kilos, that could potentially happen. But realistically, instead of you eating 1500 calories and being like, right, this is where I lose 400 grams per week. You could be eating 2200 calories and losing 400 grams a week. Imagine how much extra food you could fit in for an extra, whatever the difference is between 16 and 22, 600 calories. Six, yeah, 600 calories. That's a whole nother meal. For a lot of clients, that's 33% of the daily intake at the moment. Imagine if you got, imagine if you got to add on an extra whole meal and look better for it. That's why I like building muscle and developing strength with all of my clients, even if it takes their weight loss longer to occur. Because most of them, about week 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, they start to go, holy fuck, I'm a different person. Look at this. And they're so proud of their body. And they're so happy with what they've achieved instead of just looking at the scales and looking for an, like, an external or extrinsic motivator to be like, yes, I am this number on the scale. As opposed to flexing in the mirror for the first time in fucking 20, 30 years or the first time in their lives and going like, whoa, look at those triceps. Ain't no jar in the fucking world that I can't open. You know, like that's that, that level of confidence. Buying, for, <laughs> I don't know who the fuck would do this, <laughs> going to the shops and just buying like, buying in bulk jars of pickles and just sitting at home. Yes, fuck yeah. Yes, did it. <laughs> I don't I don't know why you sound like that either, but the <laughs> this is a fucking terrible analogy, but the amount of confidence that would come from that of knowing that there ain't a jar in the world that you can't open. Imagine living that life. Fucking Madam Jar opener. <laughs> it's going to be my next D&D character. Fucking hell. All right, I need to get off. I'm rambling. Uh so, I <laughs> I hope that answered questions of when to deload, essentially when you're stressed as all fuck, not sleeping well, performance is deteriorating, mood swings, agitated, all that stuff. You're just like, <whistles> all the way down. Uh, and then also, uh, when to deload? Yeah, that's when to deload. And then how to deload is essentially reduce the workout volume that you are doing, your physical activity. Keep getting your steps in for sure. Keep getting your cardio and steps and everything. Do not kill yourself doing cardio. Don't go for hit or like, let's climb a mountain and then decrease. Just nice and gentle shit. Just essentially take your body. Imagine if your workouts were, imagine what a spa day would look like as a workout. 
I hope you imagine the same thing I did in my head. Otherwise, that analogy is fucking awful if it is. Otherwise, if you can read my mind, fantastic. You've done well. Um, and then, yeah, decrease the volume that you're working out at. Increase your calories to be your maintenance phase. And then start building the strength back up from there. It doesn't have to be like deload for four weeks. And then at the end of the four weeks, be like, boom, straight back up to where you were. It's just about start a deload and then start building from that deload while you're on high calories. And then that's where we typically go, cool. Now we will start to do this. Uh, so that is the first one in the series, essentially when to deload. I hope all of it made sense. If not, message me on Instagram. Uh, don't message me on TikTok because I don't use it that much. Um, I just post my shit and get off. And then I come back to comments being like, you're a man. You shouldn't be teaching us females anything. And yet, oddly enough, every female that messages me or every person that messages me, I should say, uh, ends up leaving better off than before because they're not fucking stupid. Obviously, you're listening to this. You're an intelligent person. You know what the fuck you're doing in your life. Uh, so have the best day in the world and I will speak to you all very soon. Bye.